Welcome to the 518 Woods and Water Podcast, where each week we will have interesting conversations about all things woods and water. Welcome back to 518 Woods and Water. On today's show, um, we're going to kind of, you know, um, talk about what, you know, where the show went, why we kind of stopped producing shows for a little while, and then, um, you know, wrap up my hunting season and some of the things I've been doing. And also maybe, you know, kind of go over, um, you know, what I'm doing as a sportsman right now. Um, we did get some some questions um, from a, a listener and, um, the question, I'll go through his questions here and, um, from Pat Wilson. And he, he asked, how does a hunter stay safe in the woods with so many other hunters out there? I'm guessing that every person out there is not being as careful and as responsible as you guys referring to us. I understand if you are hunting at your club, you can let other members know you are in the woods uh, or if you are alone on your own property. But what about state land? Um, are missed shots traveling too far to ever be a concern? Um, so let's uh, kind of go into that one real quick. Um, safety orange. You know, that's that's number one, is that we need to be wearing safety orange when we're out there. Um, you should wear, you know, New York is funky. They're... And I, I, there's a recommendation, and I think for the youth hunt, there's actually a size. But um, for bow season, with archery, it's not as critical. Um, but definitely during gun season, you should be wearing your safety orange. And when you fire that, that shot, um, part of responsible hunting and responsible shooting is to know what is beyond your target so that it can't travel too far. Uh, when you pull that trigger, you are responsible for that firing of that projectile. It doesn't matter if it ricochets. It does not matter. That is um, where it's going. Uh, I've always felt fairly safe. I, I do have a little story. Um, uh, two seasons ago, it's archery. I'm bow hunting on a, a friend's property. And there's some quad trails through that property that people had just always used. Um, on my way out of the property, I was crossing. Well, let me back up. I heard shots being fired. And 22, you, you can, they're, they're pretty distinct. And it was getting near the end of legal hunting light. So I'm, I'm climbing out of my stand a little frustrated. Somebody's target practicing here. Um, and and as I'm, I'm coming around the board... I hear the shots and I hear it hitting the ground in front of me. I immediately get into the brush to the side off the trail. So they are shooting at a horizon of some sort and the, the bullets are landing on the ground in front of me. You want to talk about freaked out. Um, 
So their shots were hitting up and spraying dirt. So as soon as they kind of was a pause in their fire, I ran across the, the trail, got behind a, a, a embankment, climbed up the side of the embankment, and then proceeded to walk across my buddy's lawn to where they were, and I screamed, um, not at them, just a, hey, you're, you know, and they immediately stopped shooting and, and, then, and then went into, I guess went into their house, I don't know. Um, but that was a really... Uh, eye-opening experience um and uh so that again you're responsible for your shots whether you're shooting or not um and safety orange um you don't know who's out there and in my experience um like i've hunted a lot up in grafton and i don't run into people um where i grew up downstate um in sullivan county the Mohawk, uh, the Mo, uh, the uh, oh God, what was it? The Mohegan uh, Creek um, was, um, or Mongop, Mongop Creek um, had a piece of state land, and that would get pretty crowded from time to time. And we had a lot of people coming up from New York City and the southern area to hunt um, in that southern Catskills area along the Delaware River. Other than that, you know, I've never not felt safe um, bird hunting, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, as long as your shots are, you know, you kind of hunt different spots with each other and, and shooting birds in the air, um, the shot would rain down on other hunters, but never to be a concern. Um, I think primarily rifle hunting and just making sure you know where that's going to go, that shot's going to go and where your safety aren't which I've said a couple times now. Um, so, again, uh, his second question was, can you explain the basic purpose of a trail camera, especially the ones that, uh, that does not have cellular service? You can't see any footage until you get the SD card. Is that correct? Um, so are there, they meant to find out if deer have been in the area? And if so, uh, do they tend to stick around in that area for a long time? Um, so trail cameras have come a long way and they are great for determining what deer you have on your property. What is the pattern of the deer? Um, in the, I mean, there's, there were times where people, hunters would string like a, a, a trip indicator to understand if what was coming through that trail. Uh, and then it would, it, I, I believe there was ones that would trip a timer so you could see what time that was tripped. Um, my uh, wife's grandfather gave me some Bushnell film cameras. So you're talking about a roll of, what, 24 to 36 pictures, where now I have trail cameras that can take thousands of pictures, and I have them that can send them to my phone. Theories with trail cameras. Um, some people use them... Uh, pre-season and post-season to take an inventory of the deer on their property. Um, I personally uh, love running them. I don't touch them um, too often. I look at them probably a week and a half to two weeks in between in the summer. It's fun to do. You go out, you check your cameras, you bring the kids with you. Um, I try not to set them in spots that are going to disturb too many, too many deer. Um, and it's nice to see those deer 
on camera. Um, if you you have them out in July, the Bucks will still be in their bachelor groups, and it's just fun to watch them grow, watch the antlers grow, and I, I mean, I enjoy that. Again, I enjoy seeing wildlife, um, and the cameras give you a, a chance to see it. You'd be amazed at what you can see um, at nighttime, uh, fishers, bobcats, um, turkeys, hawks, owls, everything and then and then the the worst thing is the the squirrels they just booger up your cameras so much um but you do have to check like a, a, a sd card you do go check them um and it's it's again to get a, a pattern of the deer you are going into that area and you can disrupt it but um i did switch over to having a cellular camera um i like it I put it in a couple areas. It didn't really, it didn't do much for me, but um, I am using it, and uh, I like. I almost like it more on the off season. I like seeing the deer after the the deer the deer season um, push them away from this piece of area, this land. Um, now they're coming back, and you see them, you know, in in almost yarding up where you're, you're seeing twelve, thirteen. 14 deer go by the camera at one one time um it's it's pretty neat okay um and deer do stick around in an area uh they can it's amazing um how much they, they are always eating they are browsing and nibbling on stuff uh almost constantly so it's fun just um remember it is illegal to put food down even in the off season New York State, you cannot feed wildlife, and that includes turkeys. You can't feed turkeys. So I know a lot of people do say that, oh, I put it down for the turkeys. Well, you can't. If you do want to feed animals, you can plant it so it can grow, or you can cut specific trees down that will drop some browse onto the ground for the deer certain times of year. Uh, we don't have much snow cover, so that's not a huge issue. Uh Last question from, again, still from uh, Patrick Wilson. Can you explain what you meant about a doe with twin fawns? Were you saying that you'd be less likely to harvest a deer that has fawns with her and instead go for the one that no longer mates? Um, are twins the norm of the litter? And if that's the right term for deer. Okay. Um so twins, uh, yeah, uh, mature doe typically produces t twin fawns, tw two fawns. Um, they can actually produce three. Um, that's not unheard of. And uh, something that's pretty pretty cool that uh, I had just learned is that they might have different paternal parents. So that doe, when she's in estrus, she might get bred a couple times by different bucks. And so sometimes they're, they're actually half siblings. And the ratio is 50, 50, 49% uh, female to male. So 49% of the population is female, even though we see more females. Um, bucks, once they get to a certain age, get very nocturnal, very um, wary of people. So... Um, as far as hunting, uh, I do 
and and again, if, if you're hunting by the law, that's do it. Do do if you're again, I have no if ands or buts if you're hunting by the law. Um, I have shot does that have had fawns, um, but if I can uh, shoot a year and a half old doe. Um, that doe is produced, typically producing one fawn so far. Your mature doe is producing two fa- twin fawns. So you're, you're, you're providing that population base from that fawn. And every year she has two. She has two. Where these younger fawns or these younger deer are, are not there yet. So you're pulling them out of the, the, the breeding cycle. You're pulling them out of the food cycle. Um, early enough that you're, you're giving better odds for that mature doe to produce twin fawns and to have enough food for the winter by targeting, uh, these does that might be a singular or not fawn producing yet. Um, as far as fawns go, um, you know, um, again, you have a tag that those tags bring with you a quantity of meat. If you shoot fawns, you are not going to bring in the amount of meat you can bring if you shoot a little bit bigger deer. And uh, again, just trying to identify because a fawn, it's tough to tell if it's a button buck or a doe. All right. Um, And I'm not going to, they are delicious. I mean, they are delicious. They are absolutely fantastic. Um, so I hope that answers some of your questions there, uh, Pat. I apologize it taking so long to answer them. So where have I been? Um, in October or September, late September, early October, I, um, I have a herniated disc in my back and I aggravated it and it was bad. And, um, I was still trying to hunt, um, and that leads to another thing I'll talk about today. But I was, um, back was really bad. Um, couldn't enjoy much of anything. And um, also, uh, I, m- many of you know I'm a school teacher, so that picks up, you know, and I coach robotics. My kids are into lots of things. So this kind of took a, a side, you know, Took, took the side table for a little while. Um, but never did I not want to get back doing this, trying to hook up with Brian to get Brian Cole back on the show and wrap up our seasons. Um, and he's been very busy. So um, that's why the show kind of took a little time off. Right now, what we're working on is, is trying to reestablish what we're going to be doing with um, – our guests and what the show's going to be about. Still going to be talking about, you know, the 518 Woods and Water, what we're doing outdoors. Um, I'll wrap up my hunting season right now. Uh, my back was bad, so I wasn't hunting a ton. In November or in October, uh, something that had caught my eye for a while now was uh, saddle hunting. If you haven't seen it, it's it, it was everywhere on social media. Um, It was on YouTube with the hunting public and a few other, I think, um, meat eater has switched over and started, uh, using some saddle hunting, uh, gear and, um, 
saddlehunter.com. So I jumped on there. I started reading some threads. I got onto a couple of Facebook groups and I built a saddle. Um, actually I was, I was flat out on my back. My back was so bad. I built a saddle and I was sewing it and I could barely walk. And I, I, I tested it out in my backyard and it was like immediate relief for my back, which was crazy. So then I actually started saddle hunting and found relief from back pain for saddle hunting. That doesn't always work as an excuse to go hunting. Um, but I tried and I did get to hunt a fair amount. I did harvest a nice doe um, with the bow from the saddle. And that was awesome. I was also trying to hunt with my recurve uh, a lot more and uh, just couldn't. The days I carried the recurve, I just, you know, didn't see anything and couldn't connect. Uh, I was effective to, to 20 yards I was practicing and I was effective at 15 was my my zone. I, I've shot a lot of deer at 15 yards with the bow and the, the pistol. So that's what I was trying to do, and um, couldn't get it done. So uh, looking forward to next season. Uh, gun season came, and I um, mostly bow hunted during gun season. I did carry with the saddle hunting, and if you Google it, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about right now. I made a sit-drag saddle, and I took that sit-drag, and I took my, um, my pistol, and I hunt with a... Um, Ruger Blackhawk 41 Magnum, uh, all all custom reloads. Uh, I shoot an XTP, I believe 210 grain bullet out of it, and then 18 and a half grains of, um, I believe 2700 uh, powder. And um, it's effective at 100 yard range. Um, bench resting, you know, not freehand. I have a one power or two power scope on it, loophole. And that is my, um, one of my favorite firearms to hunt with besides the 35 Remington um, Marlin uh, what 336A I believe um, so I was carrying that uh, pistol a lot and um, just never really saw anything uh, worth shooting um, had some doe tags but didn't see a ton during it we had that bigger snowstorm got out a couple times <clears throat> and then I got out during muzzleloader I did miss one with the muzzleloader I did whiff um, I did spend a fair amount of time checking and making sure there was no hair no blood no nothing it looks like it's a clean miss um, and I don't know what happened it was uh, about 70 yards maybe even yeah, about 70 yards, um, and I just don't know what happened. So I whiffed on on a, on a doe with the muzzleloader on the very last day of the season, um, but had a great walk in the woods. Then fast forward to um, Christmas Eve, started ice fishing really hardcore, and got out onto Shaver's Pond and nailed a couple rainbows, uh, started going back each day. Um, just for, you know, those quick, we'd be up at four o'clock. We'd be there right at sunrise, maybe a little before sunrise and, um, hiking down and fishing, 
uh, we were on like six inches of ice, seven inches of ice, and just jig fishing. And we were getting rainbows, uh, a rainbow almost every time we went. Um, just using electronics. Love using electronics. Um, running a flasher and, and jigging for, you know, whatever. Then we made it out onto Rikert's Pond, uh, Rikert's Lake, uh, and got some crappies. Had a great time. Uh, <coughs> the day after Christmas doing that. Got a couple crappies that morning. And just really trying to fish from like 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. Um, actually, I think even by 9 we were done. Just to get out and uh, have a blast and uh, not affect family life. Um, and, and still go do stuff with the family. All right. Um, so that's what we've been doing. Uh, then we lost all that ice. And now we're recouping the ice. I know... Brian and a few guys, we're going to go up north to um, do some ice fishing. Uh, I don't know what lake they ended up going to. Uh, I'm looking at skiing the last couple days. I've been skiing up at Jiminy Peak, and looks like I'm up there again. My daughter is doing ski racing. So my time in the out-of-doors is limited. I did get out for some small-game hunting. And I can't seem to find the squirrels right now. And uh, I was looking to get a couple uh, gray squirrels for some chowder and uh, for the Super Bowl, but could not find any squirrels. And I gave it two attempts. Uh, nice afternoon walks in the woods. Um, it's been so relaxing. The temperatures have been in the high 30s. <coughs> Sorry. And uh, it's been, been just pleasant. Um, it's also been overcast, so I've been also looking for sheds as I walk, and I haven't been lucky enough to stumble upon those. I haven't gone into a couple spots where I really expect them uh, because I was squirrel hunting, and um, we'll see. Hoping to get out on a couple coyote hunts this this uh, this February. Um, we'll see. I was hoping to get like a dusting of snow and then uh, get out at night and see if we can get a coyote to come into a... Uh, piece of roadkill all right um thank you guys for listening um i'm hoping to get some guests on here soon and again the five weight woods and water wishing you guys all the very best and uh get outside take somebody else out all right um it's very rewarding when you do and uh, it doesn't matter what you do go skiing go hiking go do just do anything outside it's good for everyone the kids the adults um, and it's good for your soul so again uh, thanks for listening and uh, as always you can find us on soundcloud stitcher uh, itunes and google podcasts and as always you know um, have fun and be safe <laughs>